takes a lot of love and guesswork. Thankfully, we don't have to do it alone. We're three hermanas who are moms, wives, and share how we do life, family, and faith. Join our familia as we learn together, laugh, and have sometimes loud and crazy conversations. Welcome to A Little Mass. Hola familia, welcome to episode 28. Woo woo, two away from 30. Two away from 30. Man, we're going to have to, I don't know, think of something big, big or special. 30 <laughs> episodes is a big deal. I like that, something special. Yeah. It is a big special. deal. It is. Did you ever think we would get to 30? Yeah. <laughs> right we talk about confidence <laughs> i think i think in my heart i i, I hope for yeah, it I but you never that. know you know but i i felt like when we talked and sat down about starting the podcast and how serious it was for us and mm-hmm. how we wanted to stick it through mm-hmm. i felt like when we were all on board i trusted that we would get we would continue yeah, to go as far I agree as we with can that. go you know so yeah. i i didn't think oh we're gonna stop at 10 and then mm-hmm. You know, that's it. Like, I felt like we all were really committed to this. Yeah. And here we are, 28 episodes. I it's know, amazing. crazy. Yeah. Um, I have been super tired as of late, and I'm re- holding on to a yawn. Oh. Really good <laughs> one right now. <laughs> and then Familia, let me tell you something, okay? Celeste comes in, welting into my door <laughs> with her little coffee in her cup. This is the second time she has done this to me, where she comes into my house with the coffee cup and she don't even bring me one. Okay. And so before I hit record, I told her, must be nice. I wish I had my coffee too. It's funny because siempre lo ajeno looks better. <laughs> Whatever is like not yours, you know, it's from afar, it looks better. It's true. But it's true because I was like, look, well, I mean, technically you in your home, you know, you can fix you a little, pe- you know, a little, little cup coffee of coffee. Here, okay. My Keurig don't even work no more. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, I love my Keurig. But here's the thing. Even with my Keurig, uh-huh. no matter what flavor coffee I get, I've had butter flavored coffee. I've had, I think butter I Butter flavored? Yes. Like it's, it's like a rich buttery kind of, it's Ugh. good. It actually tastes really good, uh-huh. Mabes. That doesn't sound good. Don't judge somebody, okay? I'm not it judging. It tastes real it good. good. And it has a beautiful smell. But then when I taste it, uh-huh. and I put my cream in it, because you know me, mm-hmm. more creamer than coffee. Yes. That's my ratio. Yes. Uh, it just never does taste quite as good as store-bought coffee. <laughs> From really? a place, yes. Or I have, um, I bought some kind of a, what is it, cappuccino the other day too, and it mm-hmm. smells delicious. But when I made it in my Keurig, why is it like sweet and salty? It's just oh, weird. Interesting. It's yeah. weird. And so I'm like, I have yet to find one. So Familia, if you have one for your Keurig that you love, that's a great oh, flavor, wait. let me know. <laughs> the way you said Keurig was funny. Oh, now I make it Okay. <laughs> Maybe I'm saying it wrong. How do you say it? I forgot now. I'm not going to repeat it again. I'm done. No, okay. So here's the thing, right? I've had I've had my Keurig for a long time. Mm-hmm. Look at you all trying to listen out. <laughs> I have. Shut it up. I've had mine for a long time. Uh-huh. So it's given us a long run. Mm-hmm, we got it as sure. a Christmas gift from our, um, from, um, our, my in-laws, uh, <laughs> a couple years ago and it uh-huh. was it was such a wonderful surprise it was like yeah oh yeah i remember you know Josh i was all jealous because yeah. i wanted one too you know we were so happy <laughs> and it was when we were like you know it was the big new thing and so um 
uh, we used it. And I feel like we used it to its full capacity. Now it just, oh, it's no not way. working anymore. Yeah. I've tried. Have clean. you thought about like replacing it or no? Eh, well, it work. sucks because it's so much sentimental value in this one, but That's I think it true. is time because, yeah. you know, I, I don't, Josh likes to drink his morning coffee and stuff yeah. and just haven't been able to, but so, so needless to say, you should bring me some coffee because I don't got a way to make coffee. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't. You have to do it the old school way in your little pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't really. I didn't know it wasn't I, working well. Yeah. I don't really love instant coffee. Like I like. See, I don't mind it so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like brewed coffee. It's just. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, speaking about coffee and all of that, um, I had, you know, I've been, I've been struggling with going to sleep at a decent enough hour mm-hmm. right i've told you this when you do go to sleep at a decent hour what time is that <laughs> at a decent hour yeah what's a decent hour for you that's i guess that's what i'm trying to get at <laughs> that's what i want to know um a decent mm-hmm. hour <laughs> 11 no oh, okay <laughs> okay yeah or, okay 10 or 11 okay i say i would i would think would be a some people would hour. say that's kind of late yeah, I know. But nine o'clock is too early. Yeah, for sure. Nine o'clock, I'm like, the day's really beginning. What's going on? <laughs> I can totally agree I'm going to feel that. like that I'm episode. And it's an old Simpsons episode, okay, where Bart and Lisa go to sleep over with um, the, what, 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 the Flandersons? Flanders. The Flanders. Uh-huh. Is that what it is? Ned Flanders? Yeah. Oh, okay. Isn't it? No, now I'm going to Google it. No, no, yeah. It. Oh, okay. My. With the Flanders. Uh-huh. It just sounds Oh, my so goodness. Weird. I don't know. And so they go over to sleep with them, right? And... It's like six o'clock and the kids are probably like five or something super early. The kids outside are all playing and Ned comes and he puts down all of the screens <laughs> to the windows, you know? Yeah. And it's like pitch dark in their in their room now. And he's like, all right, good night, kids. And they're like, there's, there's sunshine. <laughs> the kids are all playing in the neighborhood. Like, oh, my You're goodness. really going to make us go to bed. It's, it's insane. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I a decent hour for me would probably be like 10 or, or 11 o'clock. Okay. But I've always been a night owl. But see, I differ with most night owls because I I cannot sleep in either. Oh. Yeah. Like once I see the sun, like in my room, for instance, I don't have blackout curtains like you do. Oh, yeah. I love and those And so things. once the sun's up, like I'm up, you know? No way. Yeah. Because Ugh. the sun comes in. See, no, I'm, I can relate to you in the sense that I, I go to sleep late. I tend to go to sleep a little mm-hmm. later. Um, when I do work, I try to go to sleep at 10, but even that sometimes it gets hard for me. Yeah. For sure, my daughter's in bed by like 9, and she's knocked mm-hmm. out by like 9.30. Um, and that's kind of something that we've always practiced. But for me, I just can't. I've always been kind of the night owl since yeah. college days, right? So it's really hard for me to get into the habit of going to sleep earlier. So can you sleep in? I definitely can. Oh, yes, and I love like it. how late? I can sleep in to at least 10. Oh, but see, some people wouldn't even consider that sleepy did. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I see. I think I just, because in my my husband's mind, Uh that's like, you done wasted your day. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I can't. Well, maybe maybe he's up at like six, seven. Maybe you're right. Adult sleeping in, yeah, 10's pretty late. Yeah. But like teenage sleeping in. Oh, yeah. I remember like like, it was like 12 and I was still asleep. Yeah. (laughs) I remember one time, girl, I didn't wake up until like three in the afternoon. No so way. Yeah. <gasps> but had it been like you hadn't slept all night? Something like that. Yeah. I remember one time when I had to come back from a service trip, I almost slept that entire day. Like I woke up and it was maybe like eight o'clock the next okay, day. Yeah. But see that, that makes sense. If like you hadn't slept all night through, yeah. then yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. You're going to But go so that's sleep. the thing, right? So I've, I've been a night owl for a while, but I wake up really early. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, after doing that for so many weeks, 
it hits you really hard, Oof. like one or two days, no, that's you know, true. eventually. And my thing is, it's not a consistent thing. Like I, I can go to sleep maybe like, like, let's say for instance, last night I went to bed by 11, which was mm-hmm. nice. And then there's other days that I won't go to bed until like three in the morning. Oh, oh, <laughs> that's a big time difference. Yeah, girl. <gasps> I know. See, oh, okay. See, no, see, I'm pretty consistent with 11 o'clock to 1130 ish is when mm-hmm. I go to bed. Sometimes I push it to like midnight. Yeah. Maybe 1230. Um, but I try not to, especially when I'm working. If I'm not having to work, then yeah. See, I mean, I'm hard. staying asleep till. And it makes me so upset with myself because I see my little one asleep. Yeah. Right. My husband's in bed because he has to go to work. And I'm just like, ah, I should be asleep because this is why whenever she wakes up in the like, you know, wee hours of the morning, I'm oh, so yeah. tired. But I cannot get my mind to just shut down. And I'll put my phone down. Oh, and I'm hardest. just laying there mm-hmm. looking up at the ceiling like, ah, I want to go to bed. Yeah. That doesn't happen to me often, but every once in a while it does. And that's the worst. Because even listening to music, I found even like I can't listen most of the time. If mm-hmm. I'm tired, like I can listen to some kind of music in the background with lyrics and yeah. I can go to sleep. I can. But when I can't, when I when, when it's one of those nights that like I'm thinking of too much uh-huh. if, and I listen to music with words, I cannot sleep because I'm singing that mess. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm jamming out. I'm like, why can't I go to sleep? I'm like, this, yeah, this song is good. <laughs> <laughs> why can't i sleep yeah so then it has to be something like way mellow just like an instrumental and uh-huh. not a song that i know yeah. so if it's like nature sounds even better <laughs> like just you know sometimes it's like that white noise music uh-huh. in the background just kind of oh man no, that's, that's true that is rough girl maybe. can i tell you one time right <laughs> i tried listening to the bible no <laughs> and um and i was like well maybe i'll just listen to the bible you know right it feels like you know a warm blanket and i'll uh-huh. just go to sleep and but i didn't realize that it was like almost like a narration type thing. So there was a part where Satan's part was. Oh, girl, no, that mess will keep you awake. I've done that. I remember when I was little. Remember, mom would put those on for us when, when dad would leave to work at night. Yes. And we'd have that played in the background. I said, mama, don't put it on nothing in the New Testament where no. Satan speaks to Jesus, please. No. Well, I think this was in, this was in Genesis. Oh, right? Lord, that's even worse. So he was like, did God really say that? You know, just like super creepy. And I woke up, my eyes open. I was like, I'm done <laughs> so that, that is the worked, worst but it's been it's been really tough like getting oh to this and i can't like i'm totally oh my god i mean it's like borderline like just insomniac like i cannot get oh, to bed so hard it is I'm so, so hard sorry. and so um oh, no. i was reading an article about you know what our sleep habits can do to mm-hmm. us and I, I once I once I saw the title, I was like, oh, my gosh, yes. What is this doing to my body? And so it was titled, what happens to your body when you stay up late after a month? Watch out for these changes. And again, they're mostly talking about when you're sleeping inconsistently, like, you okay, know, inconsistently yeah. um, within your hours. Right. Which so would be very similar to kind of what you described. Yes. Where you're, I can sleep at 11, 11 sometimes, sometimes three, three, in, the three in the morning. Oh, my yes. goodness. Ugh. Sometimes I could not say sometimes I've seen the sun come up and I'm like, I need That's to go to sleep. That's the worst. Yeah. especially here in southern california you know with this time change yes. it's like ugh, i gotta get to sleep so anyway um uh it was it pretty much listed seven ways that your body will react because mm-hmm. you haven't been sleeping at a consistent time one of the big th- one of the big things that the article says is you know late can be relative for everybody right right they say that really if you sleep anywhere between 10 p.m to 10 a.m right like you sleep within those hours you're good, right? Because let's say somebody goes to sleep at 10 p.m., um, but then they wake up by 5, and that's enough 
mm-hmm. hours for rest for them, then they're good. Some people need a whole eight hours. Some people right. need seven. Right. Some people can do well with six. Um, I think the recent study has come out like around seven hours of sleep is pretty good. Yeah. But like for instance, I actually read one a while ago that it's most common for most adults uh-huh. to, well, not that it's most, well, yeah, I guess it's true. Mm-hmm. Most adults typically get only about six hours of sleep yeah. a night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it sounds pretty consistent with me <laughs> Yeah, when I read it. And that was like maybe last year sometime. See, and I don't know about you. If I get eight to nine hours, I get really bad headaches. It's too much sleep. I wake up more tired. Yes, me too. I've done that before. There's been times, I want to say sometime earlier this month, um, I went to sleep probably like at eight just because I was really tired that uh-huh. day. Um, had had a long day at work and went to sleep at eight. Slept all the way through the night. I think I maybe woke up once just to kind of go to the restroom and came back. Yeah. But I woke up so tired. I was like, why? <laughs> I was so tired. I was like, Here this I is worse than when good. I get my six hours. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was true. Rough. So I, people can get, you know, everyone has a certain amount of hours that they can get. Yeah. And so they were saying, um, you know, if you go to sleep, from 10 p.m. and then wake up anywhere around 10 Mm a.m., you're pretty good, right? Um, And they were saying a couple things, right? Number one, your body will readjust if you are sleeping at this time consistently. So let's say you're sleeping at midnight every single night for a month consistently, Uh your body will readjust and you should be okay. Okay. Um, But unlike me, however, if I sleep at midnight, 10, 3, you know, a.m. the next day, my body is not able to understand where to readjust you know yeah um number two they were saying uh the area of acceptable sleep hours like we said is bigger than you think and that's where they were talking about you know really aim to get your rest um at a point between 10 p.m to 10 a.m number three sleep deprivation will make you dizzy and i think a lot of people that have been sleep deprived realize this that's why you're so clumsy that's why you're falling over things oh no um and it's because your body's core ability to balance will be neg- um, negatively affected. Scientists have noticed um, that after a small period of intense sleep deprivation, people get dizzy because the brain is attempting to get some rest and parts oh, of it are sucks. shutting down. Yeah, oh to my compensate. gosh, our poor brain. It's like, nah, this part's going to go to sleep and this part's so oh active. My and gosh. I think really Ugh. that also affects, you know, they were talking about this too. Um, it affects, that's why it affects your memorization right. skills. Um, it, you know, it throws, you know, you're not able to pay attention, um, to things as much because these are all side effects of exhaustion. Another thing that it was saying was also, uh, number four, which was it'll affect your mood, but in confusing ways. And I, again, I can relate (laughs) to this, right? Because yes, we all know that sleep deprivation makes us cranky. Yes. We're all grumpy. Oh yes. (laughs) That's me for sure. Yeah. But, um, in 2017, they did this meta-analysis on mood and sleep deprivation. It looked at studies on sleep deprivation and mood. Did I just say that in like a completely different You're, You are way. just tired. I know. Okay. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> um, uh, and so it found that 40 to 60% of the patients in the studies reported an antidepressant effect where huh. their body was really almost they were really, really happy and getting like all this dose of energy for mm-hmm. a short amount of time. And I, I thought back of college days and I thought, <laughs> yes, that always happened to me. The days that I would get maybe four or three hours of sleep, I was hyped up to like the 10th <laughs> oh, degree. Funny, yeah. Yes, Ellie. Like I just, I don't know if you remember. I'm but- trying to remember like how I felt. I, You know what? I think I might agree with you. I, I think in my mind, I thought I was getting my second wind. Uh-huh. But then I remember that the crash was pretty darn hard because yes. there was a, I remember there was at least 
one or two occasions where I went a whole night without sleeping because I was either doing a project Mm -hmm. or I was studying for a final or something. I don't remember. But I remember that I hadn't slept on. I, I like you said earlier, I watched the sun come up mm-hmm. and then I had to go to school, do my thing. And then I went to work. Yeah. And I remember by the time it got to be 24 hours that I hadn't slept, I about lost my mind. I remember like I was sitting there watching kids. I used to work a rec program. I, like them eyelids were getting real heavy. I was like, I cannot. Yes. I started twirling around just to keep myself awake. It was crazy times. They also said, however, and this we also know, right? People that suffer from depression may also find that sleep disturbances, inconsistent sleep, and a smaller amount of rest over time increase their depressive episodes. Wow. Um, and oh, so, see, so important. Take care of our bodies. Yes, take starting our bodies. with our sleep. Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing they were Yikes. saying was it can give you a higher risk of developing diabetes. That's not cool, Because man. you are now becoming insulin sensitive since you are not getting consistent <gasps> sleep, which scared me because Heck we yeah. have diabetes that runs in our family. Mm-hmm. And I always think like, I don't, I don't. No, no. Want that, I don't you know, either. for my life to be cut short because of these things that I could have very well oh had changed goodness. early on. So it's, it's really scary. Um, another one that we all know is it'll put you at a greater risk of getting ill. Mm. Oh, yes. Right? You don't That's sleep. my thing. It it suppresses your immune system. Girl, just uh, I want to say two days ago, I went to sleep super late. And mm-hmm. it, the funny thing is, I was already, two days before that, I was feeling kind of under the weather. Yeah. I took some medicine and then I got better. The next day I was fine. Everything uh-huh. was great. But then two days after that, I slept really late, way past my bedtime because um, I was doing things and busy and whatever. And I remember you know, went out to a function, came back. And that night mm-hmm. I started with the sniffles. I ke- couldn't stop Not sneezing. Sniffles. I'm telling you, girl, I was like a leaky faucet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, <laughs> forget you, babe. Just, oh, we got to say something. <laughs> what? The sniffles. But I did. And I was like, and I, in my head, I automatically made that correlation. It's because I slept late. Yeah. Like, you know. Well, and that's what people always I have tell you, tendency. right? Yeah. When you're feeling ill. You need rest. Yes. That's like the first thing the doctor prescribes mm-hmm. you is go home, get some sleep. <laughs> why, why are you laughing at me? You were over here motioning with your hands, like just so firm. Yes. Go Knocking one hand with the no other. One. Just <laughs> yeah. get that sleep. <laughs> um, and then another thing that I found really interesting is you, you're not able to recognize expressions what? that people give as easily. So like right? social cues you're saying or? Yeah. When, you know, when. Um, oh, no. Expressions. Are these verbal expressions or facial, facial expressions? Facial expressions. Oh. Yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating issue that was uncovered by research in 2017 and found that people who had been deprived <laughs> of proper sleep for a while couldn't read the subtle expression on the faces and photographs. They oh could identify goodness. extremely visible emotions like fear and anger and big obvious grins or pouts were okay. But when it came to more muted smiles or frowns, the participants flunked out. No way. Yeah. See, totally correlates with the fact earlier of like... Your brain has yeah, shut down parts of it. It's not thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, exactly. it's not refreshed. It hasn't. Oh. Well, and imagine what that must do in your relationships, right? When you're so sleep deprived and maybe you yeah. say something that's disappointing to someone or hurts them and they kind of give you a facial cue as mm-hmm. to, I didn't like that, but you're still going. Yeah. And the rift that it can create within that relationship. Definitely. Definitely. You're not picking up on these very, yeah. you know, oh they're obviously goodness. not obvious facial cues, but enough where a person that was well rested would, would pick have picked up, on. up. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm just wow. like thinking, what am I doing with myself? <laughs> so needless to say, Familia, we need to get some sleep. And if you have any ideas for me 
things that have helped you um, get good rest at night, please shoot them out at me. Okay. <laughs> like either on our Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or send us a message on our website. You know, it goes straight to our email at a little mass podcast at gmail.com. I really want to know how you guys go to sleep. <laughs> like what has helped you? So, you, okay. So let me just tell you, we already know recap. Music does not help me because I will want to sing it. And I love music. So for me, I'm like, wait, what did that, what did that musician do right there? Mm-hmm. I can't do music. Um, audiobooks not so much either because I want to pay attention to them <laughs> so I'm up still nothing that I have to focus my attention on I need something that will just help me to just kind of wind down and go to sleep have you tried like the white noise apps they have like these little very relaxing Girl, I don't even want to tell you because you just gonna make fun of me why what oh my goodness. I have tried the right app work? it does not Oh, wow. Because some, na- some nature sounds don't help people, but there are... Instru- Rain just gets me excited and all amped up. Oh. <laughs> it does, because I'm just thinking like, oh, I love you. So God forbid days. it's like an African safari. Then you're like, yes, take me there. Yes. <laughs> it's true. I've tried. Okay, no. So, so some nature sounds don't work uh-huh. for people, but white app noise sounds no wait i'm now i'm confused <laughs> white noise white noise uh-huh. apps right sometimes there's like you can google sometimes there's apps for um relaxation techniques meditation uh-huh. that kind of stuff okay and so it might be it's like instrumental music it's really soft okay. it's more like meant to be zen almost something that you would hear at like a spa resort or okay. something where you're trying to get a massage those kinds of things would that help you, you at all um, or no am i because you're making me sleepy right now talking oh, about okay <laughs> count in Take a deep breath. I know. There's a lot of amazing movies coming out this summer, Mm -hmm. but Celeste and I are really excited about one particular documentary because it just brings all these warm, Uh, wonderful memories and feelings back into our hearts. Mm -hmm. And um, that is the Mr. Rogers documentary that comes out in select theaters on June 8th. And it is called, Sally, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Won't You Be My Neighbor? And I was thinking a little jingle. Please won't you be my neighbor? Oh, I love it. Hello, neighbor. <laughs> I want to cry. I know. I so want to cry. <laughs> um, the legacy of Fred, Mr. Fred mm-hmm. Rogers is so, it's long lasting. And I don't think there's one kid that did not watch his show that isn't left with feeling loved, cared for, yes. and gained so much out of this man that we never met and yet felt as though he was part of our family. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I remember being a kid, like going to elementary school, even middle school. Did you know that he last filmed his last episode in 2001? Yeah. It's crazy. I'm like, that was like, I graduated high school then. (laughs) I'm dating myself. But anyway, (laughs) you know, I was like, oh my gosh. I loved, loved watching his shows as a kid just learning so much I mean he had there was so much it was you learned a lot about emotions about caring for others Mm -hmm. what emotions were I mean things like divorce Mm -hmm. and what that is for kids who have gone through that and you're little and you're trying to make sense of that and have someone who is genuine in his approach with you and can still be honest Mm -hmm. oh my goodness you know just I loved it so much so much well and I loved one of the quotes that he said was you know, the world is not always a kind place. Um, and talking about his show, he said, that's something all children learn for themselves, whether we want them to or not, but mm-hmm. it's something they really need our help to understand. 
why isn't the world always a kind place? And I think it's really important, especially in our day and age today, where we see a lot of terrible things that are happening, mm-hmm. the way our politics are playing out, where you don't see a lot of kindness anymore oh, yeah. towards anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they're on an opposing, you know, opposing, if they're on <laughs> an opposing, um, you know, uh, side or they they have an opposing viewpoint. Mm-hmm. We feel like instead of lending a listening ear and trying to find some common ground, now it's, it goes on the defensive yeah. and there's no kindness there mm-hmm. anymore. And I, I think it just it makes me really sad. And it's kind of like what you said, Sally. You know, he approached his young audience with respect and a directness about issues children face that were rarely touched by yeah. any of the other programs of the day. Um, it's it's almost it makes me so sad. I mean, I know we've done our best that we can. We've got this little Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, oh, right? Which, which is kind of parallel. Yeah. I remember when my little daughter was little. Even now, every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know, she would watch it a lot back then, and yeah. so she learned a lot. Because I was big on like teaching her social emotional um, intelligence. You mm-hmm. know, that's been a big thing for me. What does that mean? So, oh, great question. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because you know we watched The Bachelor. You're so right. <laughs> and so one of the contestants on The Bachelor, she was what was she a therapist she was yeah she was and that a was the one contestant that i always cringed at i still to this day <laughs> yeah because i'm like why are you a therapist I and you're know. on this show she was don't a therapist. say you're a therapist and so she was slamming Marriage this and girl family therapist, yeah to be clear she was slamming this girl because she felt like oh, she just doesn't have emotional intelligence mm-hmm. you know and she would like bring it up to her in her face and didn't always go about it in the most in the best way or the mm-hmm. wisest way for her being, you know, that's a true. Marriage and family therapist. She wasn't therapist. kind about it. She wasn't soft. No, it was this whole running joke about emotional intelligence, emotional mm-hmm. intelligence, and I was like, I mean, yeah, I took you know psychology as a class, but right, what does all that stuff mean? Yeah, so that's what, true. What is, that's true. What did you say? So, well, I said social emotional intelligence. Okay, but what social. Does that mean? Uh, well, okay, emotional intelligence is uh-huh. um, a person's ability to know and understand how you feel in relation to situations, experiences around you, okay. be able to express those feelings in socially appropriate ways mm-hmm. and resolve those feelings or manage those feelings in ways that are helpful and socially appropriate. Okay. Social emotional intelligence would be being able to recognize all of those feelings and emotions, how my emotions impact others around me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm angry and I lash out, how does that impact you mabes yeah if i lash out right um if i'm sad if i'm frustrated and i respond in a way or react in a certain way how does Mm -hmm. it impact you how does it impact you know um sally sue down the street you know how does that impact george down the street Mm -hmm. how does it impact my friends those kinds of things it's important because a lot of the times if it's not taught to us and it's not something we're born knowing it's something Mm -hmm. we really have to learn if it's not taught to us it can cause huge um conflict and conflictual interactions with our peers, our, our, our friends, in our intimate relationships also. Yeah. So if I don't know how to pick up on cues like you're frowning or you're upset, um, maybe you're being a little dismissive, I might dismiss that and just think, eh, just having a bad day, whatever, mm-hmm. no big deal. Or I might add more on to you than you can handle emotionally at this moment yeah. and make things worse. So it's really the ability to notice these cues um, notice these types of feelings, underlying meanings, um, and and be able to work with those in a way that you can pinpoint them and also address those in a way that's helpful instead of making things worse, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Well, and I'm, as you're saying all this stuff, I'm like, man, I sure did skip a couple of these things. <laughs> 
I'm still learning a lot of this. I think we all kind of do, though. You know? It's very common. Yeah. We all, we're not born knowing everything. It'd be great if, like, we were just born, like, poof, you know it all, you're great. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of the times, it's like, we make mistakes, and, and we hurt others, and we offend, and mm-hmm. it's when you really care about those people that you're like, you know what? I can't let this continue this way. I got to do something differently. And so I'm a big proponent for, um, or advocate for, you know, the fact that we should learn more, you know, ask questions, read things about, you know, uh, mental health, about emotional well-being, those kinds of things so that we can practice those and make a habit of those by practicing them daily with our our loved ones so that being being wise with that too because I feel like there are times that you can learn all that stuff Mm -hmm. but then you apply it in a negative way that is very does true. that make sense what i'm that, trying to say I can, like, I can totally understand you that. all of a sudden start diagnosing people and that's why this person See, reacts this way good. because because at the end yes. of the day i i am not qualified to say that no you know just because i read the description of something and they may fit it but you know even a qualified professional is told never diagnose people mm-hmm. you know like don't diagnose people in your social circles in your intimate circles in your friendships like you don't do that like that's not a way to do life you Uh know what I'm saying like you leave that for them and their professional Uh (laughs) but you don't do that for them yeah um but I totally agree with you I think it's more about educating yourself in a way like if if I know that I'm constantly in conflict with somebody then clearly that's not working for me because no one likes to live in conflict Mm -hmm. it's not like our ideal hashtag goal Mm -hmm. you know um, so if that's not working, then I find out, learn about myself, maybe go to personal therapy and find out, Hey, um, what am I doing? that's contributing to this problem. Yeah. That's, I think what gets us, what gets in our way. A lot of the times it's, it's so easy for us to see how someone else has caused some kind of a rift in our relationship, how they've, you know, hurt me or offended me, but it's really hard to see, really sit down. It takes a lot of courage and mm-hmm. personal strength to say, okay, wow, these are the things I did to contribute to this problem instead of just pointing That's so the true. finger it does and the take blame. a lot of courage. Yeah. So be be um, proud of yourself when you do step outside Absolutely. of that and walk in courage and decide to say, how am I contributing to this problem? Yes. You yes. know, what are the deep rooted issues within me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. And I think that's what I love so much about uh, Mr. Rogers and his little neighborhood, right? Yeah. Is he was so intentional about everything comes from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And I think we gain so much more when we can be open to giving love and receiving love. Yeah. And I think, and, and treating others with respect yes. and with value and worth. We don't see that too much. We don't. And that's society. exactly what I was going to say, right? With his whole quote about, you know, kids realize at an early age, he said, even anywhere around like three years of age, mm-hmm. they realize that the world is not a kind place. Yep. And I see that so much. Like for instance, we've been having these um, demonstrations from, you know, that really started from the students from Parkland, Florida. Yes, yes. Right, how they feel so strongly about having some type of gun reform Mm -hmm. um, because of the tragedy of the horrific things that these kids had to see. Like, if I'm going to be honest with you, Sally, just on a very human level, when I would watch on the news Mm -hmm. um, some of the footage of what these kids went through or listening to their stories, I would just break down in tears. Like, my husband's next to me, and I'm just like, I cannot believe as a, as a former educator Mm -hmm. thinking that I love my kids and I would definitely hope that I would shield them from a shooter. I crossed my mind too. I know coming into a classroom. Yeah. But I'm like, teachers shouldn't have to do that. Students shouldn't have to go into schools afraid that they might not make it out Mm -hmm. alive. Parents should not fear. Oh, absolutely not. This might be the last time I see 
my child, whether uh-huh. they're in preschool, elementary school, high school, college, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You shouldn't have to worry, like, is my kid safe? And so on a very basic human level, I think we all agree with that. Yes. That something needs to change. These kids shouldn't have to go through mm-hmm. this. And so I think what's been what's been breaking my heart is seeing these kids taking a stand, wanting to be politically active, whether or not you agree with them. Right. right? That's um I think the main issue is why tear them down? Yeah. Why say things like, look at, you know, I think you're the one that mentioned to me that some um, congressional yes, representative yes. was saying some terrible things about, about one of the, pro- one of the, one of the girls that was protesting. Yeah. Right. Um, she had this very unique look about herself. And one of the things that was said about her was something that was a derogatory comment about her physical appearance and her, you know, and it was like, oh, she's, I mean, then it was like, she's a skinhead, this, she's all these things that she's clearly not, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, Almost to the effect of like, you know, she shouldn't be talking because what does she know? You know, she's just a skinhead. She's this. She's and it was like so uncalled for. Yeah, it was one of these things where it's like, (laughs) why are we focusing on that? You're right. Tearing someone down when all they're saying is, look, you know, something's got to change. The world we're living in is not safe for us. Mm -hmm. We need to love each other, find a solution, and not be part of the problem. Well, and how old is she? Unnecessary problem. This girl was Emma Gonzalez, right? How old? She's she's what seventeen, eighteen. I think she was yeah, seventeen, eighteen, right around there. She's young, and it's like and tearing her down. Why would you say that when she's gone through a lot? You know, she's lost friends. Yes, Um, her and her friends have lost friends, and it's like, and then that's what you want to. I mean, they're kids. I know. I don't know if you got to see the song that um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I did not, but I heard about it. Did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's just I remember so hearing beautiful. briefly about it. I just and really, it's because it. at the end of the day, we're not going to tear these kids down. No. When they're, they want their voice to be heard. I mean, that's what we encourage them to do, right? right. Is everyone always criticizes, um, you know, the younger generation says, oh, they're not involved. Oh, they just don't care. Oh, they're so complacent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, finally, when they're like, we're going to do something about it because we have strong beliefs about mm-hmm. it. Everybody, you know, people that are against what they believe in is tearing them down. And instead, it's like, look, I I love it when I've seen comments from people that say, I don't I don't I don't agree with what the kids are saying, but I love seeing their passion. I keep on doing what you're doing. Keep mm-hmm. on going to Congress. Keep on talking to them because mm-hmm. that's what democracy is. Right. right. It's. Your voice is, you want your voice to be heard. My voice, I want my voice to be heard. We're all hoping to strive for a common good. Right. But don't tear the kids down. Yes. You know? Oh, yes. I mean, because. I mean, what a way to bring harmony by doing that. I'm being sarcastic here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like you're totally counterproductive there. It's not going to get you what you want. It's Mm -hmm. not the result you need. Hatred and bigotry and all that stuff does not work. Yeah. You know, it's oppressive. It's demeaning, demoralizing. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Love, however, goes a long way. And I think such a great example of that was, you know, Mr. Rogers, because everyone could feel it. Right. You could feel the genuineness in his love. It wasn't just, oh, I love you. And no, like he would look into the camera. He would talk to you. And I just I love that. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite quotes from him is. The greatest thing that we can do is to help somebody know that they're loved and capable of loving. A hundred percent agree. Right. So true. Oh, yeah. I think what I love and respect so much about him, too, on top of everything I already love about him, uh-huh. is that what a lot of the things that I've read about him and as you know, because I mean, he just played such an important role in my life as a kid. We watched him all yeah, the time. I, you know, so I'm. I introduced my daughter to Daniel Tiger's neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood later on. Yeah. Uh, because 
it was so important to me. And I wanted her to learn those, you know, those very important lessons, those morals, mm-hmm. those, you know, just to learn that people's feelings are important. Her feelings are important. It's important to understand how others feel, how we yeah. make others feel. Um, especially when like you hear so much about bullying nowadays. But one of the things that I loved so much about Mr. Rogers was the fact that in the articles that I've read about him, it's like not only was he this type of man on screen, the Mm. very genuine, the very positive, the very loving type of man, he was like this across the board in his life. So you saw what you got. He was very authentic. So what you got on TV, you got in real life. Mm -hmm. And that I think speaks volumes of just how impactful a life like that can be on someone else who maybe has low self-esteem, mm-hmm. who's struggling with depression, um, or whose life looks you know? nothing like the neighborhood that he is, yeah. you know, inviting them into. I, I loved when I he would t- you know he would take us um, to go learn how crayons were made right. or how pencils were made and <laughs> oh, I know, experiencing that I would or go to places I would never be able to go to mm-hmm. and to see kids that you know looked like me or or would talk about situations that I had gone through. It just, it totally just rocked my world because it was completely different from the fantasy lands and and, and the cartoons that I would watch. This felt so real and tangible to me. Yes. It was amazing. And, uh, I even watched Sally his, um, when he received his Emmy award, um, like in the mid or late nineties. Yes. I remember seeing that. And everyone as he, okay. So he goes up, right? (laughs) No, he was, they were bald. Yes. He goes up and he says, you know, that he wants to give a 10 second moment of silence. And Mm -hmm. he says, I want you to think about that person that loved you, that person that because of them, you are who you are today or they, in some way, they influence you to be who you are. Mm-hmm. And you see everyone just like, yes, tearing up. I know. Seconds. Yeah. Crying. It's like the impact of this man, like his yes. words, you just feel like a warm hug. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and later on, they interviewed some of those, um, you know, Hollywood celebrities who were there in attendance uh-huh. and they were like, oh my gosh, just talking about how, how impactful that moment had been yeah. for them. And it's like, we don't take the time too often to think about those people and mm-hmm. really kind of celebrate the fact that we did grow so much from yeah. those types of people. And so it was like, ah, he's amazing. And there we was, are who we are. I know. I don't know if you heard about this maze, but <laughs> I'm like so intrigued by Mr. Rogers, right? Uh-huh. That um, I was looking up, you know, certain, I think they were like debunked myths or truths about Fred Rogers. And one of the things that came up and kind of speaking again to the testament of just what an awesome man he yeah. was, um, there was an incident that occurred in, around 1984 where Burger King had um, had made this like parody spoof kind of a commercial with a character that very much resembled Mr. Uh, Fred Rogers, mm-hmm. right? Sweater and everything. And pretty much what was going on in the commercial, I think if I'm not mistaken, was um, the ad showed a soft-spoken man wearing a cardigan sweater and sneakers teaching children that number one hamburger giant McDonald's McFries it's hamburgers. So pretty much demeaning a whole different, you know, mm-hmm. chain of restaurant, which was McDonald's, their, yeah. com- their competitor. Um, and it was to the point where a lot of people actually reached out to Mr. Rogers thinking it was actually him. It, the resemblance was so similar wow. that they were like, oh, my gosh, is that really you? He said even some of his staff had reached out to him like, we know you, <sighs> would, you, do we yeah. know you normally wouldn't do this, but mm-hmm. I mean, was that you? Yeah. And he was like, 
no. Here's the kicker. The way he manages this conflict and resolves it is what blows my mind. What did he do? So typically you'd imagine somebody would reach out like, what are you doing? I'm going to, I'm going to sue you. I can't believe you're, you know, uh-huh. you're, you know, usurping my image, blah, blah, blah. He reaches out to the CEO, I think, um, of Burger King. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of engages them in a, just a casual conversation. How are you? How are you doing? Uh-huh. You know, says something to the effect of like, you know, gosh, you know, I, I, I almost, I'm trying to think of it because I remember seeing this. It was almost like, you know, I know you wouldn't want to be in that position where you would cause our young children to ever believe that we would kind of cause this kind of division or that we would make them believe that one restaurant is better than another, something like, mm-hmm. like we don't want them to engage in this conflict. I, I don't see you being that type of person, you know, kind of really appealing to like the CEO's emotions and like mm-hmm. his own integrity. And it, the article ends by saying, that's all he said. And he ended saying, you know, I wish you the best. Have a great day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll know you'll make the, I know you'll make the right choice. And that was kind of it. Yeah. And next thing you know, the CEO, you know, um, pulls the plug on that campaign ad and he issues a public apology wow. to not only Mr. Rogers, but, you know, all of the people out in, you know, wherever, TV land, uh-huh. who had seen this commercial saying, that was never our intention. We are so deeply sorrowed by this. We apologize. And they were saying, and that's a true testament to um, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers yeah. that he was able to, just in a, in a conversation, never did he ask him, never did he say, you need to do this, you need yeah. to change this. Just He allowed him to make the yes. for himself. And it was crazy that, mm-hmm. you know, it works. And so it's like, wow <laughs> like but he so did cool. he always did things like that and yeah. i mean i love we'll have the trailer up on our um uh episode page familia for you to see but it's pretty awesome because he did things like you know there was um huge racial divides at the time like oh, there are yes. now and he did um awesome things that really showed it doesn't matter what color you are no, it doesn't matter absolutely yeah um you know what other people think about you you are loved you just exactly the way that yes. you are. And I, I love that about all people, him. any people, yeah. whether you, you know, had some kind of a, you know, disability mm-hmm. or whatever the case was, it was like, you're important. You matter. Yeah. And you are loved. Yes. What a beautiful message. If we saw everybody on a human level and just loved yes. um, the way that we're called to love, yes. man, it, things would just look so much more differently. We don't I have agree. to agree. We don't, um, have to see things the same way. I mean, obviously we all think very differently and that's fine. Yeah. I think that's the key is if we can finally come to the point where we're okay to have differing, differing opinions yeah. and not make it something that has to be so darn personal. Uh-huh. You know, it's like just because we don't see eye to eye doesn't mean you don't still have worth and value. And yeah. I think that's where we get tied down is we all of a sudden take our ego, man, Gosh darn it, it gets in the way. Yeah, it does. And it becomes about me and having to be right. And uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. If Mm -hmm. that is something that dehumanizes someone else, then it's not worth it. Yeah, exactly. And um, I love that because I know we came across um, an article on Real Simple about how to raise kids who get along with almost everyone, Mm -hmm. right? And it was talking about how around the age of three, kids will start asking about differences that they see in people, mm-hmm. whether it's skin color, whether it's, you know, why is that, you know, why is that person in a wheelchair yes. or why does that person need this to speak? And, um, Miriam Abdullah, a PhD that kind of contributed to this article was pretty much saying you want to respond in a way that doesn't stifle their natural curiosity, uh, 
But you also want to then uh, begin to have common ground, like ask them, well, you know, do we know anybody mm-hmm. um, in our family like that? Or we do, do, do we know anybody that that's, you know, has that skin color? Mm-hmm. And so like, they can start seeing people on a very human level. Yes. Seeing like, yes, there might be these outward differences, but at the end of the day, inside, we are all very mm-hmm. much the same. Yeah. It helps when these people are people that they have a, a relationship with, a connection with, that they care about yeah. too. It's like, so this person, you know, may be different in, than me in this way, mm-hmm. but gosh, I love this person. I love when they're around. They're part of, you know, and so it's like, well, how would we feel if someone said something to them that was hurtful? Exactly. You know, would we like it if someone said something that was hurtful to us in that yeah. way? What are some things that we can do to teach one another, teach our kids, our little ones, you know, the younger generations yeah. um, about how to respect others and how to see value and worth in other people that are, are maybe not like them? And mm-hmm. one of the things was, you know, introduce them to books that you know present a different point of view about like nationalities culture um abilities yeah you're so right Sally. because like for instance i know this is not as much as i would love this to be reality it's not reality <laughs> but my one of my faves harry potter oh yeah um it mentioned you know how harry potter was a good one because you can have conversations about things like the concept of mudbloods, which yes. were non-magical people, you know, that um, or p- people that had magic in them, but came from parrots that weren't, you know, that mm-hmm. didn't have magic in them. And a lot of it parallels the way that we treat each other when we have like racial differences, yes. um, what have you. And so you can, you can have these broader, bigger conversations with your kids through fantasy books like this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and tolerance and acceptance, like, um, Harry and his friends had toward people that weren't like them. Cause I mean, okay, I'm going to give too much weight, but <laughs> I just really like those. I books. know you get all into it. I love <laughs> yeah. it. But it's true. You know, it, it was saying how a 2014 study in the journal of applied social psychology found that reading all kinds of books about kids from different backgrounds is great for perspective. Um, it's a bedrock skill of tolerance. Yes. Um, as you read, ask your child, why do you think the character did that? How do you think he felt when that happened? And even ourselves, you know, um, asking ourselves when we read things like, oh, putting yeah. ourselves in those people in that person's shoes, because I feel like we talked about this. Was it last episode when we were saying, you know, how judgmental we were towards moms and it was oh, because yeah, we yeah. hadn't worn their <laughs> uh-huh. shoes. And it's true. It's because I wasn't placing myself in their shoes thinking mm-hmm. that I bet that poor mom probably tired or that dad. I bet they um, are, you know, their cart is right in the middle of the aisle way because something happened with their little one mm-hmm. or <laughs> who knows. But it's always putting ourselves in those people's shoes, you know. And another big one for me, and I know this is really big for my husband and I, is exposing our kids to other cultures. Oh, yes, because absolutely. I know for myself, that has been the biggest thing that has shaped me to become who I am. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that when I read scripture, you know, God has called me to love everybody and mm-hmm. to see everybody like Mr. Fred Rogers says, you know, right. as my neighbor and to love them better than I love myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I would go out and... Um, encounter people of different cultures, um, different backgrounds, the level of understanding or the level of just acceptance, you know, for their differences really molded me and shaped me to see them the way that God sees them. And I think it's really important for our kids to not just see people that look like them all the Mm -hmm. time, you know, but to know that we're all a global family. Yes. You know, that's where like, for instance, with this podcast, like Familia, you are our Familia. Yes, yes, You know, yes. when we have, when you um, interact with us, it feels like 
you know, sisters talking to each yeah. other or our brother is talking to uh-huh. us. Like, that's what it feels like. And I, I hope you can feel the love that that we have yes. for each and every one of you. You know, we pray for you guys. We pray for this. And we just, we always want that to be reflected mm-hmm. with everything that we say. And that's why sometimes Heli was saying, sometimes we're as clear as mud, right? Sometimes <laughs> we, we want, we hope you can feel the love, but maybe you're like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> so we do though, but we, we love you guys and we value, you know, your opinions. And we, um, we know that we might not all believe the same things. We know that we might not all look the same way, but we're all a familia, yes. you know, and I, I, again, go back to that quote, right? We just, we want you all to know that you are loved and therefore we are all capable of loving. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that's, that kind of makes the world just, you know, a much more hopeful place. Yes. Yes. I think in times when yeah, it's it like, seems kind of bleak. Let's start building each other up instead of tearing each other down. That's like been huge for me in the last yeah. week. You know, just that reminder that it's so important to build each other up mm-hmm. and not so important to tear each other down. Like that's always the easy. We can do that. No problem. Oh yeah. But building each other up is so darn hard. Yeah. One of my favorite movies, maybe as you were talking about um, the Harry Potter series and all mm-hmm. that, which yes, I love them too. Yeah. Yeah. But you won't <laughs> listen to the auto. I, I haven't read the books, let's be honest. Okay. But I love movies. Yes. <laughs> and movies I've seen the movies justice. and they're great. They don't do it justice. <laughs> you and all the, I know, Martita out there, shout out. Yeah, shout She's out. all thinking like, please, Celeste, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, uh-huh. one of my favorite movies that came out in 2017 was Wonder. And this is this oh, incredible, yeah. sweet movie about this family with um, two children, a daughter and a son. The daughter is like a teenager. She's in high school. And then a son who um, had been homeschooled. Mm-hmm. He was born with like this uh, physical um, condition, required several surgeries. Um, it really kind of impacted his facial features. Yeah. And so after numerous surgeries, he still has a face that is very unique and mm-hmm. not one that he's very proud of and doesn't really like to show. People stare, they look at him funny. Um, he's kind of gotten into this thing where he wears a helmet. He loves astronauts and his helmet is kind of his protector shields him from the world. So he's homeschooled and he gets to the point where mom's like, look, you got to go to regular school. Now Uh you're going to go to public school. And that's a huge stressor for him. So it's the story of his struggle and his, you know, his struggle to deal with people's perceptions and how they look at him. And, you know, I watched it with my daughter and as we're watching it, she's like, why are they so mean to him? And, you know, and, I love that it opened her up to see, you know, that it's it's not okay to judge others based off of their appearance. Mm-hmm. Get to know the person. Take the time. Yeah. Be kind. Always, always be kind. Mm-hmm. You know, always be gentle in your approach with someone else, especially when you're getting to know them, even after you've known them and they're yeah. now your friends. Be gentle. Uh, those kinds of things I feel are very helpful and even helping us to kind of, like you were talking about, placing ourselves in other people's shoes. Yeah. So that was a big one for me. And I agree with you, Mabes. It's we got to build each other up. We got to do it. That's the only way we're going to get through this life. It's, it's hard. It is hard out it's there in the world. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, I mean, the only the only way I can get through it is just by smiling them. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus. Lots of Jesus. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us today, Familia, for this episode. Uh, you know, we want to hear from you. Definitely let us know. Um, maybe you were also a... a 
you know, Fred Rogers fan. <laughs> and the team. <laughs> watch the show. Yeah. Maybe you're also excited for the trailer. Maybe you haven't seen it and you just saw it. Uh, we want to know what comments you have or what things you have to say. Or maybe this, maybe you've never watched it. Maybe now all of a sudden you're, you're seeing it for the first time. I mean, I've seen some YouTube comments like that. Like I've never, oh, I really? never watched it growing up, but now I have. And it's like, where was this? Yeah. Oh my up? goodness. Yeah. So we want to hear from you. Like always, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or our website, a littlemustpodcast.com. We have a lot of exciting new things coming up for the um, month of April. Sign up, um, you know, subscribe also on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, um, SoundCloud or Stitcher. And um, on our website, if you want to sign up for our newsletters, we're coming out with our April one coming up soon where we give a couple of tidbits, some little sneak peeks of what's to come for episodes, as well as we have, I mean, we don't officially call it Sally's Corner, but it kind of is because <laughs> um, Sally always has some awesome new recipes that she loves to share that she has tried out or little DIY things, which we're also going to be adding to our website. We have, Yay. we're formulating a whole new lifestyle community page for you guys and we're bringing in some really exciting stuff. So we want you to stay tuned and see all that. Uh, another exciting thing we want to do throughout the week is is we are going to continue to highlight some awesome women for the remainder of March. Um, some women that we met, we have met along the way. Evelyn and I met some awesome um, women entrepreneurs at um, Goncha Claus that we want to kind of share about a little bit on our Instagram page, and as well as some followers that we've just seen doing just some awesome things mm-hmm. and that are always encouraging us. And we just want to give you guys some shout outs. Yes. So we love you guys as always. Thank you so much. This is Mabel. And to the left. And you have been listening to A, A Little, Little Mass. Adios. <laughs>